Hey everyone, it's uh, Danny here from Sadie Hawkins Pod and got a little top of the show announcement. Jess won't be joining us. Um, Unfortunately, Marilyn Manson ate her. Apparently, she now believes in sin. So, Danny. Ah! I'm I'm right here. Oh, hey, I thought thought you were eaten by... No, we're not even doing that song this week. Oh. We're doing a song off air for free. Oh. Oops. Let your So, Jess, Marilyn Manson ain't my... Oh, wait, wait, no. No. We're doing... This week, we're doing God off of Air for Free. Uh, I picked this song this week because, not counting this week the trend, which was last week, the two weeks before that, we did Softer to Me and What Have You Been Doing Lately? And in both those cases, especially with What Have You Been Doing Lately, we we really came down hard on the what we felt were the sort of not that, you know, problematic Christian ideas that we did not agree with, um, that maybe we understood, and I sort of at the time, but now looking back, they were like a little iffy. So I was like, we really need to do like (laughs) one of their positive Christian songs. Yeah. Uh, This is my favorite praise and worship song of the last 20 years. (laughs) There you go. This song sounds very Tegan and Sarah to me. Not the oh. lyrics, but like the melody, particularly the beginning. And then it sort of fades oh, into yeah. like a contemporary Christian feel. There's a particular Tegan and Sarah song, it sounds like. Yeah, I can't think of which one it is right now. It's oh. off of um, it's off of Heartthrob. Right. Well, I don't remember what that song's called either. <laughs> There's only, what's that? I only listen to one song on that album constantly. I mean, we listened to that album a lot when it first came out, Heartthrob. Mm-hmm. But what's that one song that's like... Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Except I'm tone deaf, so I can't really... You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm singing, right? This, I'm making it sound like That's a... That's not... I, I'm making it sound like a Kraftwerk like... song. <laughs> no, I'm saying the song Come that I like... a little closer. That yes. one? Yeah, Closer. That's what that's you're the, That's of. the song that I've, like, Spotify, if it puts together one of those <laughs> lists of, like, here's a song you've listened to 25 million times. It's like that, and it's, um... That's funny. <laughs> I don't know if I want to mention all the songs that I've <laughs> listened to 25 million times, like, the most. Yeah, I like Closer a lot. There's a really cool, um, like, EDM mix of that song that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you pick God because I really wanted to cover Prodigal. <laughs> right. Because I have so much more to say. So Jessica's got, we have a whiteboard in our kitchen, which is also where we record. I'm looking over at it right now. And she wrote, songs Jess wants to cover. Should I let them know what all of these are? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I honestly, they were just quick off the top of my head. Prodigal's the first one you wrote down yeah. on our kitchen whiteboard. Yeah. I think it sparks a lot of really interesting conversation. I really love that song. Right. Um, but you also wrote, I guess we'll spoil these. This is, it's not that we're going to do these sooner. Like we might push these back a little bit because we want to do our, what we think will be our really good episodes. Like as we get better at podcasting, like we've got running, you got yep. falling out and yep. you got in love with the eighties. Yeah. 
Danny keeps pushing in love with the 80s, and I'm like, I want to do in love with the 80s. We'll do in love with the 80s soon. We'll do in love with the 80s very soon. We we'll got to do, do some hits, we'll do it before the. We'll do it before the new year. Okay. We've done a couple of hits. Well, we did the first episodes. But yeah. Yeah. You know what this is? God, turns out, is not a hit because I'm, <laughs> I'm spoiling the, you know, I'm spoiling the thing here, but there were no covers of this song. Like when I lo- I did I did this research and I couldn't find a single one and I was really surprised mm-hmm. because I thought someone would do like a simple piano cover or like some worship band would play it live and then put it right. on their social media but I didn't find any. This is totally a song that you could sing in church. Yeah, absolutely. Because they they do like they convert like Ren collective songs and stuff like that to do in churches now. So like, right. why not do this one? But also they do like Beatles songs. Yeah, exactly. And stuff sometimes they change a word or two, a reference to <laughs> you know a specific God. It might be about it to be about the Christian God. But yeah, like there a lot of worship groups will do mm-hmm. pop worship. Well, I mean, for better, <laughs> the best way to describe it is pop worship, popular worship. As opposed, you know, actually, like a lot of the worship that you and me are probably used to, like the songs that are mm-hmm. on Scalaluyah One. <laughs> yes, those actually, songs actually, and those songs are not that old. Like those songs have came about in our generation. Like I grew up, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, but the church I originally grew up in, we sang actual hymns, mm-hmm. and in later churches that you'd go to, like you know, they'd be they'd be playing the song and they'd put the words up on the. The the, yes. the the light up, what do you yeah. call that? The projection screen. <laughs> the projection screen, yeah. Right? But then some of the churches, they still had the hymnals in the pew just right. in case. Yep. It's almost like it's almost like you need a backup battery I think for the, some things. Like they had the backup <laughs> hymns just in case we need to go back. The churches I went to were like 8 a.m. service was the traditional service where they did hymns and stuff. And then the... 11 o'clock service was the contemporary stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, who's waking up that early to go to the to go to the traditional service? I did sometimes because I worked in the church nursery when I was in middle school and high school. So sometimes I would be on for the earlier service. Okay. Well, before we get too much into the song, did we have any top of the show business? We were thinking about doing a segment called What Have You Been Doing Lately? And it would have this theme song. What have you been doing lately? And which is a song we've already covered. And now, so Jess, what have you been doing lately? Oh, I feel very put on the spot. He's he's motioning at something. I don't you know. You wanted happening. to tell the story of what happened oh. with the refrigerator five minutes ago. Yeah, so I apologize if if you're wearing headphones and you can tell and you're probably like we hear your refrigerator running in other episodes, <laughs> but tonight the refrigerator is probably going to run the entire night. You better catch it. <laughs> Because one of our shelves just fell out of the refrigerator when I went to open the door a few one minutes of, yeah, ago. Yeah, one of the shelves in the door. Yeah. I when you I was in another room and I hear a crashing sound and Jessica's like, Oh my gosh and I'm like, What? And I come running out and, and like there's bottles all over the ground. I was afraid like, you know, people were gonna be wounded, like the wall had crashed <laughs> in or something. I didn't know what happened. But yeah, we try, we have a rule around here that you can't open the fridge an hour before the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get all your water ahead of time and yeah. just let it get warm. Uh, and I also wanted to let everyone know that something else that's been doing lately is that Andrew, who from Magnified Pod that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. Did we get it? Did we get the cover? We got 
The cover he did last week. He had promised us a parody version. Yes. Of this week, the trend. He didn't get it in on time last week, so we do have it, and we'll close the show with it. Because this is something you don't just you don't just hand out at the top of the show. We want people to stick around to the end. This is the gold right here. <laughs> he sent me a gif. He's like, "Hey, did you get my? Did you get the email I sent?" And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't look yet." And he said, and so he sent me a, a, a gif that was like, now that's what I'll, now that's what I call yikes. It was like <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. No, it's, okay. the, it's the gym from the office saying yikes, I think, right? No, 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 no. It's the cover of, no, that's what I call music. Oh. But it says, no, that's what I call yikes. That's amazing. I didn't see that one. <laughs> it's, now that's what I call effing yikes. <laughs> I think it's really bad. <laughs> And then I told him like, no, we're having dinner, we're eating dinner right now, and then we're going to record in a few minutes. Like he caught us right before we recorded, and and I said I won't listen yet. We need to digest so we can keep our dinner down. <laughs> but I also was mentioning that this week there were no cover. I'm getting, I'm purposely going to get ahead of here a little bit. This week there were no covers of the song we're doing that I could find anywhere on YouTube, SoundCloud, or Bandcamp, which are typically where I look. So I put it out there on our social media and I said, and I gave everyone about two weeks notice because we already mm-hmm. knew we were doing this song when we recorded this week, The Trend. I said, if anyone out there wants to record covers of God by Reliant K, send them our way. Either like post if you have a public link or if you want to send the attachment to our email. And that's what we got. We got two covers. We were actually supposed awesome. to get, yeah, we were supposed to get two we were supposed to, we got one by one person and we were supposed to get two versions by someone else but one of them wouldn't play like the file was corrupted so i replied and unfortunately they didn't get back in time so maybe Aww. we'll play it again next week if it's that much different but uh yeah we'll talk about those and who recorded them once we get to covers so what do you think of this song jess did you have any thoughts specifically about this song this is another reliant k song that alludes to the narrator being stuck in life and needing to come back around again yep I thought one thing I really like about this song and part of the reason why I picked it as like, here's a positive religious Christian song mm-hmm. that Reliant K has done. So we're not going to have any problems <laughs> with any of the lyrical content in this song, right? Because it's just about someone who has sort of drifted from something that made them happy, mm-hmm. right? Now, I don't want to downplay Matt Thiessen's faith because that is what this song is about. Mm-hmm. And I've had this thing, I've <laughs> listening back to past episodes and trying to like become better at doing this podcast, I noticed that like sometimes when a song had a clearly religious Christian theme, even mm-hmm. if it was only a fraction of the song, I've had a tendency to downplay that mm. in some of the other songs. Like we've had t- songs we've talked about that clearly people online were like trying to force a religious theme into right. where we thought that was inappropriate right. and was actually counter- counterintuitive to Christian ideals because because if you put that theme on those songs, it's like actually the opposite. Yeah. But there were other songs where clearly, even last week, this week, The Trend, where I sort of downplayed the idea that this song's about God. I just kind of mm-hmm. have this tendency. If a song is clearly a Christian or religious song, I'm like, oh, clearly that's what this is about. But I've always had a tendency with like all art where if something is left kind of vague, I like to leave it open to interpretation Absolutely. and almost to the moment. Like if I'm listening to it now, okay, obviously it's about God. If I'm listening to it later, oh, it might be about, you know, other things. Right. So I've had a tendency to downplay that. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, that's probably not 
Matt Thiessen or the whole band's intention for the song necessarily. Like maybe they want you, maybe they do want you to get what you get out of it at the time. Maybe they do want to give you these ideas about Christ and maybe they want to kind of make them a little slyer because they don't want to scare some people off. Like a lot of bands do that. That's like the sort of the right thing about crossover hits when it comes to Christian and music and stuff like that. Well, you don't have to worry about that this week because this song is clearly not at all religious. <laughs> What? Wait, wait, no. That's what I say every week. No, that's why. So that's why I picked this song, and then I kind of realized (laughs) that I'll still kind of do this as we talk about the song, because what I, as I really listened to the song, what I found interesting was that unlike a lot of the particularly songs on the first two albums, and then some songs on on middle Reliant Mm -hmm. K history albums eras. is that this song, while clearly about Matt Thiessen's faith, and we know what religion Matt Thiessen is, you could, except for the phrase, let his let his kingdom come, mm-hmm. you could make this, you could pivot this song, like other people could interpret this song to be about any other god, any other religion. Mm. You could. I mean, the tone of it, the music, the style is very modern Christian, right? So I don't know what other religions would want to take this type of (laughs) clearly like inspired by modern worship music and make it, but I'm just saying like, if you have lots of different kinds of faith and lots of different ways in which you believe in God, which is something I think we might talk about in a minute because Mm -hmm. I have certain thoughts about God and stuff. He's not, he doesn't really directly mention Jesus, right? Like there are songs where they flat out mention Christ and Jesus and stuff. And there are other songs where they just allude to him. This one is just about him believing in God. God. Yeah. Which I think is... The lyrics are literally, I believe in God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which if this song is about, which when we get to prodigal, like the idea of being the prodigal son and returning to something that you lost. Yeah. That's the whole point. I think that's like, essentially this is the same thing. There's so much I want to dive into in prodigal because I think that song is so brilliant. If you are someone who has maybe turned away from Christian faith, right. And you're like, I want, and you want to return to that. Or you're like, I've drifted too far from Mm -hmm. it. Or maybe you don't feel like you turned away from it, but maybe you just kind of became lazy you, you needed a wake-up call, yep. right? Yeah. We've had so many wake-up call <laughs> songs recently. This week, the trend is a wake-up call song. Saying that you believe in God is like the basis. It's like the start, mm-hmm. right? So we're we're in our 30s. And we yes. were raised in Christian churches. Different. You Very different. Very different kind of churches. I actually went to a number of different sort of denominations. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to share a little bit about this, right? So you and I, having been raised in a Christian background Mm -hmm. and having had friends that come from that. And Mm -hmm. we have friends that aren't that like you and me were never in Christian, in a Christian, in the sort of Christian society that separates themselves from the world. We were never part of communities like that. No. So we always had friends. We never really thought of here's your Christian friends and here's your non-Christian friends. Right. Although there were periods in my life where maybe I, I did think that, um, we've seen friends of ours who were Christian who, have gone in all kinds of different directions. When you're in your mm-hmm. 30s in in this in this decade, right? People grow up and they just flat out become atheist or they just sort of move away from the whole mm-hmm. idea of religion. They just become like uninterested in it 
or they lean totally into it and also, you know, sell into the whole political conservative aspect of it. And we've seen people who have like totally gone on the side of politics stuff that we really hate that's going on in the world and the idea of like disagreeing with the idea that human rights should be a thing like that becomes a christian thing like we've seen every aspect of it in our friends and our family i feel like we're just gonna offend people in this episode no (laughs) well we have to you know we have to it's our story it's you know we're gonna talk about what we think through this song so it's so like, danny came from a little bit of a stricter christian background no not really oh not really no no that not was i originally. think when you got a little bit older my th- my thing was that when my parents my parents became born again one year after i was born i was one years old and they became born again christians they were both raised catholic right so they became born mm. again i was i was baptized in the catholic church i believe i really think so <laughs> And my sister was not because they were already, my parents were already born again for years by the time my sister was born. Well, Danny, we need to rectify that because otherwise you're going to go to Catholic heaven and not Protestant heaven. You're right. Oh, man. I'm glad we brought this song up so we can get on this right away. (laughs) So my parents, like, I don't know. When I look back on it, and I don't know if my parents felt this way, but for me growing up, we had like a proletariat like lifestyle with Christianity where it was like, well, like we go to church every Sunday mm-hmm. and we, you know, volunteer and do stuff with the church, mm-hmm. but it wasn't our be all end all. Like we, we didn't talk about Christianity with everyone outside. We didn't right. only go to Christian businesses. We didn't, we didn't even listen to, we like, we watched regular, we watched TV, mm-hmm. we watched movies. Like the only thing my parents really did when it came to worldliness in our home was mm-hmm. they blocked MTV. But you can absolutely not be of a re- any religion and block MTV because yeah. you think it's inappropriate for your children. <laughs> yeah, my you parents can... did the same thing. But it was just because I think there was a lot going on in the news and stuff in the 90s with like MTV is bad and your children right. shouldn't watch it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> we recently found one of those VHS tapes yes. from a church that's like, that's like, don't let your kids watch MTV. And I and I really wanted to watch it because it was, it was in my era of where I finally did get MTV <laughs> back in our home in like 1995. So I'm like, oh, this is the, I want to watch this just for the clips of MTV. I remember this specific generation of MTV. I think that it was like when we moved a couple of times that finally my parents stopped blocking it. But I think it was because they realized that I just had no interest. Right. I had an interest because the way it was blocked, you know, the cliche of scrambled porn. Mm-hmm. Like you have the Spice Channel and the Playboy Channel, but they can't be blocked, blocked from old analog cable. They could only be blurred out and you could still hear the audio. Yeah. That's the way MTV was blocked. So I could put it on MTV and I could hear the songs, but I didn't want to just do that because it was no fun to only hear the songs. So I really didn't keep an interest in bl- in 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 hazy blocked out MTV. Yeah, it was the same in our household because I remember having friends over in middle school for like a sleepover or whatever and they're like let's put on mtv and i was like i don't think that we get that channel and then i was like i've n- I'd never even tried to go to it because i knew that like my parents i think at one point had told me this is blocked no mtv and i'm like yeah okay whatever like i loved tv land and stuff i wasn't trying to watch mtv or anything like that so my, my friends tried to go to it and it was like the like scrambled right. stuff and they were like "Ooh, it's we're being so naughty and i'm just like whatever so my parents and the, this this word carries a certain narrative in a lot of people's heads when I say it, but it's not the same narrative. My parents 
used to take us to a Baptist church, but we grew up in Boston. So what I now understand as a Baptist church was absolutely in no way whatsoever like what I understand a Baptist church to be like. Like basically by the time I was on the internet and having conversations with people about all sorts of things, when <laughs> I would be like, oh yeah, I went to a Baptist church. They'd be like, oh, so you weren't allowed to do anything. I'm like, no, there was absolutely no restriction. I mean, sure, the, the pastor might talk about like, oh, that billboard outside by the mall is a little too sexy or whatever but they wouldn't be like don't see this movie and don't see that movie they wouldn't do that in the in the church i originally grew up in so that wasn't in our lives yeah that's why i think that i tend to think of of your upbringing as being more strict and also where your parents are at now because so what happens eventually is (laughs) through a thing that i can't that's a whole nother story i end up not being able to go to my public school anymore i might tell that story against (laughs) i might tell that story on failure to excommunicate but basically, I need to like find another school. I can't. I can't be going to my local school anymore. So my parents start looking at all kinds of private schools, and obviously not just religious ones, and not not just Christian ones, but other ones as well. And eventually, we settle on what they called themselves non-denominational, but they were a church that danced in the aisles, put their hands up, worship. Mm-hmm. What's basically like ubiquitous Christian culture nowadays right but for me it was like the first time i'd ever seen any of this and i'm at that point like 12 Mm -hmm. or something and my parents are like oh whatever i guess it's christian (laughs) you know like we go to this but that's not the kind of christian environment i was raised in for over a decade at that point and it was actually going to that church that like i learned about like there's christian punk and there's christian ska there's also like christian pop that and christian ccm music that I'm not interested in because I'm not interested in regular pop anyway. Why would I be interested in the Christian version? But hey, there's MXPX and there's Supertones and Fiber and Frenzy. I'm cool with it. That's where I learned about that stuff. So that's where things start to get a little bit more strict, but actually it was slightly imposed by me, right? So as I'm going to those churches and I'm going to those schools and those schools didn't have, like my cousin went to a school where they weren't allowed to like own CDs. Oh my gosh. But like own CDs. They weren't allowed to have them at home. You know what I mean? Much less like, it's not like you don't bring them to school oh or don't bring your secular music here. It's like they're not supposed to own secular music at home. Man, the only thing we had banned were Pokemon cards and tech deck minis. <laughs> but lots of schools <laughs> ban that kind of stuff. Schools nowadays ban fidget spinners and, and hoverboards and stuff. But by going to... Danny, none of those things are cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. By going to um, what I guess were evangelical schools mm-hmm. with, with churches associated and I go to those youth groups and sometimes go to those Sunday services at those churches and be interested starting to get interested in like Christian festivals and Christian music and stuff in addition to what I was already interested in was Green Day and grunge music and like other pop punk and stuff that's where I started to be like like basically the pastors and the teachers there slowly kind of indoctrinated me to like, you shouldn't like secular music and you shouldn't. So I started to be like, maybe I shouldn't like secular music. And it was easy to be like, okay, and you'll agree with this. It's easy to be like, oh, Blink-182 is too dirty. I shouldn't have (laughs) Blink-182. And I get rid of those CDs. But like (laughs) when I was on Magnified Pod, I actually said I didn't do this. And I actually kind of unlocked these memories. I did do this. I did get rid of like secular CDs. Do you hear that? He lied to you, Andrew. I lied to you, Andrew, on your podcast. But the thing is, like, I kind of forgot because I didn't go full tilt. 
Like I didn't because no one was forcing me to do it. I was just doing it because I was going to these churches and like they talk about it. I'd be like, right. yeah, I shouldn't have. I don't remember what CDs I got rid of, but I was like, I kept other ones. You know what I mean? Really, I just it was an excuse to get rid of like the grunge CDs I wasn't interested <laughs> in anymore. But I'm like, no, I'm going to keep Weezer. I'm going to keep Green Day because those <laughs> bands are cool. You know what I mean? So then things get stricter. And then also eventually by the time like I'm in high school, my dad is going to other types of churches as well. Like I've brought my parents along to those type of churches and maybe my dad's making friends with other people from other denominations. And that's where my dad and my parents were always Republican, but that was never a huge thing in our family. Like maybe during the main elections, but it's not like we talked about it all the time. Although your dad has always been super political because he ran for local local local, yeah yeah. but i don't know maybe it's something about being a kid maybe things maybe were less political then but they were political back then but i don't know i don't know there's there wasn't the same kind of 24-hour news so i wasn't aware of that kind of politics but the point is my that's when my parents particularly my dad become really conservative christian like actually like sort of like that's when there's like Christian businesses and like, you know, Christian friends and, and really becoming more evangelical Christian, which is not, we were not raised in the evangelical world, but I sort of accidentally, I mean, my dad probably went there on his own. I don't know. I can ask my dad. I can just ask him. Anyway, I've been talking for a while. (laughs) Well, I grew up um, in Presbyterian and Methodist churches and very like, Everybody's cool. We love everyone. Churches. Right. Um, my parents were definitely not strict in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was very strict with what I watched and took it and stuff. But I think that's more because like, okay, so I was not allowed to watch the Ninja Turtles because she saw a story on Oprah <laughs> right. about a girl like stabbing her sister because they were playing Ninja Turtles. And that's why I wasn't allowed to watch it. Right. It was, I, there was nothing like you can't do this because we're Christian. Like that was never a thing. And it was, yes, my parents were like members of the church and my mom would volunteer in the church. But it was like, we went to Sunday. I went to Sunday school. Well, they went to church on Sundays and then that was it, Mm -hmm. you know? And we would go every week or whatever. And it wasn't until, and my, and I've, I think I mentioned this really early on in the podcast, but like, didn't listen to Christian music. My dad's a big jazz guy. Mm-hmm. He listened to a lot of jazz, specifically smooth jazz when I was young. Mm-hmm. And my mom listened to oldies. And then when we moved to Florida, there was a very popular Christian station, but no oldie station. And so my mom just kind of started listening to it just because she enjoyed the music. It wasn't like a whatever kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we can only listen to this kind of music now. Like she would usually listen to just whatever CDs I had in the car. Right. But like if she was in the car alone, like she would put that on. Or if I didn't feel like listening to whatever I had, she would put Z88.3 on. When I moved to Florida where I met you, Z88, which is the big Christian channel down there. Yeah. They don't advertise themselves as a Christian channel at all. It's safe for the little. It's safe for the little. They just advertise themselves as a family channel. Yeah. It's Christian contemporary music, but they absolutely don't advertise themselves like that. I don't even, sometimes if I tune into that channel, 
like I don't remember their like messages and their bumpers even being very Christian. There's a Christian channel here in Los Angeles now, and I actually use them as my FM Bluetooth transmitter station because they're just weak enough to over you know overpower their station. Yeah. And you're also just a little bit bitter because they took over one of the good 80s stations here. So, oh. or at least that's that's why I'm like, yeah, cool, go for it, Dan. Because but the thing is, they're super Christian. For the minutes that for mm. the minute or two where I turn on the station, they're always like. Their bumpers are like, you know, giving scripture and giving prayer request. I don't mean not prayer requests, but they're really like, they're the LA station here now is really Christian. Whereas I don't remember Z eighty eight being super Christian. Maybe it is. Maybe people down in Florida, if they listen to us, are like, what are you talking about? But this that's just how I remember it mm-hmm. for the couple of years I lived there, and I would tune into that station. Yeah, and then by middle school, which was the time when we moved between elementary and middle school, right. Our new church that we went to, that's when I finally started. I was old enough to and had gone through babysitting courses. So I had like CPR and first aid training and everything. So I volunteered some Sundays in the church nursery. And then the rest of the time I went to Sunday school. And then when you get to high school, at least in the church that I went to, which was a different church by then, they didn't have a Sunday school option. So I was basically volunteering in the church nursery almost every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I grew up on those praise and worship songs like they go like they cover on the insiders which is like and Sonic Flood which right. is the only Sonic Flood album that I have is and I got it the way later. One. Yeah. So like Lord I lift your name on high and open the eyes of my heart Lord. And right. All those songs I loved. And then when I came back in like high school and later into like, because, you know, with, with Sunday school, a lot of times you go in for the singing part and then you leave uh-huh. for Sunday school after the singing part. Right. It was like everything had changed for the parts that I liked. Right. Like, I loved the singing part the most, but now they're singing all these songs that I don't know because I knew those, like, late 90s, early 2000s. And the thing is, when we were, ki- when we were kids and those are the hymns that, well, when I was, when I was a younger kid, and we were going to the, what was called a Baptist church, but was not like a Baptist church. It was more like Methodist or Presbyterian, really, in Boston. We were singing hymns, and those hymns are old, right? Mm-hmm. But then by the time praise and worship stuff is happening, when I'm going to an evangelical church, and when you're going to the churches you're going to, and they're playing Open the Eyes of My Heart and mm-hmm. Our God is an Awesome God, oh, you think those one. songs have been around <laughs> forever. Yeah. But they really were like written in like the 80s. Like those were basically like new songs. Yeah. Like they were pop songs, right? It's almost like you forget that reggae music, because you think reggae music's been around for like generations. Reggae music's only been around since the 70s. I like to say this. Spider-Man is older than reggae music. <laughs> I like to tell that to people and it blows their minds because everyone thinks reggae music's been around since for like a hundred years. Right. It's like, no, it, it was invented in the seventies when it right. became, it's not like they, they revitalized it and then it became popular. It became popular as it was created. So my point is those praise and worship songs we grew up on, they were like new songs at the time. So now the new songs that when we go to a church nowadays and we don't know what they're singing, mm-hmm. that's, that's what, that's what the new songs are. Yeah. It's like SNL cast. You're like, who are these people? <laughs> and I was a little like you. So when I got to high school, although I didn't have the outside influences, when I got to high school, just on my own, I kind of just, I always had 
this like blind faith, unwavering faith. Mm -hmm. And when I got to high school, I just really started to embrace it. Not to an extremist point. Right. Um, because I've never been an extremist in anything. And I definitely turn away from extremism and which is sort of a problem that I have with certain Christian culture Mm -hmm. uh, is because I just don't like extremism in any shape or form. But I was like very much like really into liking like God and stuff. Right. Um, But at the same time, like I the movie Saved came out when I was in high school. I loved the movie Saved. I thought that was such a great movie because I was like, it shows an extreme the extremism, but it shows the opposite of that. Like the Jenna Malone character mm-hmm. is just you know is this is is an individual who sort of does then start to suffer from a crisis of faith through circumstance, but continues on with her faith regardless and has to deal with like the outside influences of like you know are you a sinner? Are you like a bad person now or whatever? And it's like, no, she's just a person. So I thought that that movie actually showed that Christians could come around. Right. Like, and, and that they could be, you know, like whatever. And that everybody, you know, lives Ebbs their lives. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. No, I, to- I understand. <laughs> I just was thinking of, we were talking about extremes and how you weren't used to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered the, our story about the supertones. Right. Oh man. Because so I introduced Jessica. Jessica never knew, but oh. Jessica knew about the the insiders, right? And knew a little bit about Five Iron Frenzy, but the Supertones totally passed you by in their heyday. And I was like, oh, this you should check out this. If you like the insiders, you should check out the Supertones. It's like their their lyrics are very Christian, but you know they're usually very positive. They're not really too accusatory, and she you like them, and she did like them. And then the Supertones had their reunion in like 2010 or something like that. And I'm like, oh, we should go see the Supertones. And they played it, and they actually played it a couple festivals over the next few years of their reunion. And we went to see them. And they would pause after a couple songs and give a short message. And Jessica was like, yeah, you know, we're at a Christian festival. It makes sense. So you, yeah, you give a quick I, little message. Yeah, not something at all that I was used to. Yeah. Um, I was the, but the really, the only band, a Christian band I had ever seen before, and the only Christian band that I was really super into was Reliant K. Right. I knew who Five Iron Frenzy was only because the assistant youth pastor <laughs> at my youth group had always wore a Five Iron Frenzy shirt, different uh-huh. Five Iron Frenzy shirts, and I think he had like a Five Iron Frenzy bag or something. So I was familiar with the name because of it, though I right. didn't, I'd never heard any of their music. And the insiders I actually found because we were like at the, you know, Christian bookstore in the mall or whatever, and my mom was like shopping around for, I don't know, you know, wow, worship, whatever. <laughs> and I saw it and I love the artwork. Right. And then I flipped the CD over and I went, I know these songs. You were like, and the cover's on the back and the yeah. back is on the front. <laughs> this CD's amazing. And I was like, I love all these songs and this looks like it's a rockin' version of the songs I know. Let's get this. And my mom was like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's in the Christian bookstore or whatever. It's probably fine. That's so funny because stepping back for a second, we'll finish the Supertone story in a moment. Part of the middle of my story is that before I start going to the evangelical church school, right, my mom is like, Danny, you listen to Green Day, you listen to Nirvana, you listen to these bands because MTV got unblocked in our house and we forgot to block it and we were too lazy to reblock it, right? So you started listening to grunge mm-hmm. and the radio stations that play grunge in Boston. 
<laughs> it's like, look, we're not going to force you not to listen to that. They took away my Nine Inch Nails CD. They're like, that's too much. They took away my Adam Sandler CD. They're like, that's way too much. That's worse than but Nine Inch Nails. Lunch Lady Land. Yeah, that's that's the G-rated track on there. That's the that's like Wendy Clear on Enema of the State. Like, that's the clean song. But so she's like, you can keep your Green Day. You can keep your Weezer. Could you just like, I'm taking you to the Christian bookstore. They got bands that sound exactly like that. Could you just like get a couple of these just to like balance it out? And I did. And it was, that's actually where I learned about, it wasn't just at the, uh, just at the church, but that's where I learned about MXPX. And that's where I learned about 90 pound wuss and tooth and nail. And it was that same Christian bookstore where just walking in one day, they had the first Reliant K CD on the shelf for the first time. And I'm like, Oh, this looks like my sort of band. But um, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to. So it's the opposite of your mom, where your mom's going to the Christian bookstore and you're like, I want this CD. Yeah. And she's like, whatever, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. music, I don't care. My mom's like taking me to the Christian bookstore. It's like, please <laughs> buy something you'll like more than Nirvana. In a way, I did. MXPX. But um, Supertone's story. So, so I take Jessica over the next couple of years just to festivals, where if you've yeah. ever been to a Supertone's concert, a festival set for them is just. It's just a bunch of songs and a quick little word, then a worship song, a quick message back to a couple more songs. That's it. Jessica's like, okay, a little weird, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. There's like preaching going on in tents at this festival as well. Kind of makes sense. Then, I had never, also, I had never been to a Christian music festival before <laughs> I met Danny. And that was a little tiny bit of a culture shock. Anyway, we, Jessica and I moved to Los Angeles. The Supertones announced their second final show in Orange County a couple years ago. It was like 2016 or 15 or something. So they go, we got to go to this. They're playing with PAX 217. We go, I forget, this is Jessica's first and last full Supertone show. I had seen a dozen full Supertone shows in my life, like headlining Supertone shows. And those are half a set of Supertone songs, half a set of praise and worship, 10, 15, 20 minutes of preaching, and then another half set of Supertone songs. And for me, it's like literally going to a rock show, church, and a rock show. That's what a full Supertone set is like. And I was always like, I was never really super interested in the preaching, but I was like, at that point, I'd been going to an evangelical church in school, and I'm like, I'm kind of used to this. I can kind of like listen, maybe zone out, maybe get what I can from the message, like understand, like if I agree or don't agree with what he's preaching. For Jessica, who had never been to a full Supertone show, when the preaching started, she's like, what is happening? She had no idea that a concert would just break and that full church would just suddenly start. And it was I so heavy-handed. I was so heavy-handed. I traveled right back to 2002. It was a nice little <laughs> jump back in time for me. For Jessica, it's like, what is happening? Listen, I went to like churches where it was more the Joel Osteen style of of <laughs> preaching where it's like, hey, here's a lot of positivity and how to bring positivity kind of, into your so, life. Sort of some fluff, you know, fluff, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I went to fluff churches and I am great with that. <laughs> and that's what I was used to. And that was what really connected with me and just how to be. Not, not really challenging people, but like that's, yeah. what, that's what some Christians yeah. want. We don't talk about revelations. We don't talk about anything We don't talk about crazy. what pockets of society are sinning simply for being themselves. Yeah, so definitely had only had experiences with the light fluff and suddenly <laughs> I'm getting real heavy-handed preaching preached to in the middle of, of a, a Scott sky show. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, man, what is this? I'm so not into this. 
there's a lot of different types of Christianity out there. I think that's what the main takeaway has to be from this. And we don't know what our listeners are. So we're just, all we can do is talk about ourselves here. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry to offend, like, supertone super fans <laughs> yeah. out there. Listen, if that's for you, that's great. If that kind of, of <laughs> worship and preaching connects to you, awesome. Like, I think that everybody should, you know, connect to whatever connects to them, whatever makes them feel good. It was just a little over the top It's all for just me. thought and form. That's the way I think of it. Like, life is just thought and form. You just find what speaks to your brain, what speaks to your spirit. And it doesn't, you know, if it's, if it's religion, if it's art, if it's television, if it's just sitting around and doing nothing, you just, that's just what you do. Anyway, so just... Getting back to the song, my question is, do you believe in God? <laughs> we explain all of that to sort of give you a background on us, because we've not really talked about that. We've hinted at it in past episodes. But that's sort of where we're coming from as Christians. And now that's, that's our past, so getting to our present and also tying it back into this song. So Jess, do you believe in God? Today, like now, as Matt Thiessen is saying at this point in the song he's saying i believe in god now in 2016 when the album is out today in 2019 do you believe in god i believe in night i believe in day i believe there's a light coming back around again that is plagiarism (laughs) that is stone cold plagiarism i have the genius.com page right up here on my computer and i know you stole that listen danny i believe i might have some catching up to do So yeah, I think this song is, like I was sort of hinting at before, it's like if you've stepped away from God, right? If you've stepped away from your belief in Christ necessarily, and you're like, do I still believe in any of this? Like, what do I believe now? You would kind of say, I believe in God. Like, I'm coming back. And like, yeah, I think this is Matt Thiessen, because so many songs in their past catalog were specifically about Christ and specifically about what Christ is saying we should or shouldn't live or whatever, whatever those thoughts and that specific brand of Christianity that they were coming at from at the time, right? This is like the most stripped down, like bare bones. This is like a back to basics thing, right? Yeah. This is like, but even further back to basics than the first album, which, you know, has like Marilyn Manson and Softer (laughs) Than Me that might have, or slightly judgmental lyrics. Like he's saying... I just believe in God. Maybe that's why I connect so much to this song because it's it's so just kind of open and I don't want to use the word generic, but it's like you could almost say I believe in the universe. Like right. I believe it's just and so I many, believe in God. And that's what a lot of know? people that's what a lot of this, I actually like I like that universe talk stuff. Yeah. Cuz where I am nowadays, right? And I do still believe in God. Mhm. Same. And I do still believe in Christ. But when I have a friend who becomes atheist or I have a friend who says that they believe in God. You fail to excommunicate? Yes. Like, I can't, I don't argue with anyone on it. I'm like, I've, I've actually gotten to sort of like, agnostic is not the right word because agnostic means a whole other thing. But I've just come to this like impasse where it's like, I just believe everyone should believe. Mm-hmm. Like whatever they want to believe. Right. There was a time, particularly when I was going to that church, those churches and schools, where I was kind of like entrenched in the culture. And it's like, yeah, everyone should believe in Christ and like all this stuff. Like I definitely 
bought into that, even though that wasn't how I was originally raised in my first Christian churches, not to like just constantly, you know, you would preach, you know, you would be an example of Christ Mm -hmm. just being a good person, right? You wouldn't go out there and tell everyone they're sinning. And for me, part of where I started to stray from like modern mainstream Christian thought, mainstream American American Christian thought really was homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, it's so broken the way they treat like 50%, like 50%, so many people in the world. I don't know, actually know the percentage of how many people in the world are, are gay actually now that I think about it. But it's like, like, it's it's just I, I I my brain started to break as it's breaking now, and even as I'm a kid, I'm still just a kid. I'm like 15, 14. I started to realize then that the way that the churches I was in handled this this issue of homosexuality was like broken within its own logic, because the the main thing the main crack in the veneer for me was like okay. If you're a Christian, you believe homosexuality is a sin, right? Let's just say we just got to acknowledge that for the sake of argument that that's what, that's mm-hmm. what is sort of in the Christian thought, right? Right. That's not what I think, but that's what's in the Christian right. thought. So to them, simply being homosexual is a sin like any other sin. And Christ has saved you from your sin. So no matter what sin you are, if you're a murderer, if you're a thief, you know, if what if you're whatever like actual sins actual bad things and you come to the lord you're saved but somehow and sometimes some of them wouldn't say some christians in some churches i went to wouldn't say it but some would flat out say it that somehow if you're homosexual you can't be christian right because they think homosexuality Mm -hmm. is a sin and therefore if you're openly homosexual you're sinning so you can't be saved like somehow the act of loving who you love invalidates your salvation, that somehow the act of loving who you love circumvents Christ's power to save you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that thought in and of itself to me was broken. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Like somehow that, if you, for the sake of argument, just step inside the Christian way of thinking and, 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 and like realize they think <laughs> homosexuality is a sin, why is that the only sin that God won't save you while you're sinning? Like, you, there's so many, like, Christian discussions mm-hmm. where it's, like, a man has, like, murdered hundreds of people, and he's laying on his deathbed, and he realizes what a horrible person he's been, and he prays, and does God save him? And, like, of course he does. It's like, okay, a person's been living with someone of the same gender for their whole life, and they've been faithful to them, and they've adopted children, or they've mm-hmm. had, you know, artificially inseminated children or whatever, and they've, they've lived a happy, healthy, fulfilling life. And they pray to the Lord to save their soul at the end. Are they saved? Like, no, because they're gay. Like, it doesn't, that broke my brain. I'm like, I can't agree with this. I could still believe in Christ, but that's not the Christ I believe in. I believe Christ has the power to actually save everyone and doesn't care what anyone's doing as long as they're not hurting other people. That's the only thing yeah. I believe is actually a sin, is when you're hurting other people, when yeah. you don't have consent. And sorry, last thing. No, no, no. You got. You look like you want to say something. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that it's funny that that was what broke you. Yeah. Because I have a different story about what broke <laughs> me. But because my uh, my my parents actually had had gay friends, so that was not ever a thing. And none of the churches that we ever went to, and maybe because I was in Sunday school, I didn't really hear about this. But as far as I know, none of the churches we ever went to ever preached against 
homosexuality per right. se. A lot of the, my early ones didn't. It was some of the later ones in high school where they started to do that openly. Okay, by yeah. The, by the late 90s and the early 2000s, I'm like, ooh. So I never had that coming from that. I mean, you would have kids in school like teasing about things like that. And that was more where the like hatred Mm -hmm. for that came from was just from peers. It was never from a Christian standpoint that I would ever hear any of that. And I actually work in the LGBT community a lot. I work in film and entertainment. And I personally have a lot of um, LGBT friends. We have a majority of LGBT. Yes, (laughs) because I enjoy helping to tell their stories. Because personally, I think that everyone deserves to see a positive version of themselves in the media. Because Danny, you can watch a movie and you can see yourself in 98% of characters out there. Mm -hmm. Because most characters are straight white dudes. An incel like me. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that Joker movie. And though I have... I just want to make sure I say I'm kidding. <laughs> Though I have less people that I can see myself in, just solely being a woman, I still have found characters, you know, that I can connect with, that I can easily connect with. But, you know, I have a lot of friends who maybe couldn't find characters that they really connected with growing up. And that's not fair to them. So I think that everyone should be able to find someone in the in entertainment that they connect with because I just think that's a really positive beautiful thing for people. <laughs> the 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 thing that broke me oddly is and on, still on the subject of entertainment. So, I was really entrenched in like my youth group and stuff in high school. And I would go and every week I would like pick up my best friend and we would go to youth group every every I don't remember what it was, like Tuesday or Wednesday night. And you know, we would have fun, and every now and then, it would be a weird topic, but we didn't really see it as that weird, because we were just, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there was once where, and in hindsight, this is incredibly inappropriate, but <laughs> at the time, it seemed like whatever, we're like, you had to raise your hand if you were still a virgin. So That's of course, so uncool. It's so uncool. That's My so friend bad. and I, of course, our hands shot up. But of course, being like teenagers and just generally shitty and judgy, it was like we saw other kids that we knew that we were like, they are not at all virgins and they put their hands up. Right. And we were sitting there going like, oh, we know that Tiffany is not a virgin. <laughs> like, <laughs> she is lying. And I don't even remember what it was. Oh but- my God, look at her butt. <laughs> This same youth pastor sent out an email. Every week he would send out a newsletter. And he sent out a newsletter and he would review movies. Mm -hmm. And one week I was reading this and Sin City had just come out. Uh And Sin City to young... Sin City 1. Sin City 1. To young... (laughs) T.O. To young... Wannabe filmmaker Jessica. Right looked at this movie and was like, I've never seen a movie like this before. The visuals are incredible. It's a different way of storytelling than I've ever seen. And it the movie blew my mind. And I thought it was so cool. And he sent, her youth pastor, he sends out an email completely condemning the movie. He's like, there's prostitutes in it. There's this, there's that. There's like <laughs> violence. There's like, there's you know. There's prostitutes in the Bible. <laughs> exactly. He's basically violence in the Bible. He's not only condemning art, 
that I saw as art and appreciated for what it was as art, but he almost made it sound in this email like, if you liked the movie, you weren't a Christian. Right. That was what made me just take a step back. And it was it was like a month or two. It came out a month or two before I graduated high school. And I stopped going to youth group right. after that. And I remember seeing him like around the church just on a Sunday. And he was like, hey, Jess, I haven't seen you in youth group recently and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm just really busy with stuff. But like the truth was, was that that was the first time I had felt this weird, like overbearing Christian viewpoint that just didn't connect with me and I of felt getting attacked. People to conform. Yes. I felt and I just I just felt attacked for someone who just appreciated the art of it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that was so wrong that to to just take such a an overt like standpoint. And he he was more than welcome to his thoughts. He was but... treating you like a Justin. <laughs> He's like next thing you you watch this movie, next thing you know you're gonna be drinking Miller like Exactly. <laughs> But I don't want to focus on the negatively perceived Reliant K Christian songs. I wanted to focus on this one because, yeah, so I I do still believe in God. Um, I don't believe in Christians at all, (laughs) right? Like, no, no, I do believe in. I like, like the thing is, it's just, it's just so scattered, and it's just there's no such thing to me as Christians because there's too many. There's too many ways of thinking about, there's too many denominations, there's too many sects, there's too many, like, there's this one particular version of Christianity that is in the mainstream, that is in the news, that is controlling this country, that is just not Mm -hmm. Christianity to me, that is not, it is not Christ-like in any way, so it's like... It can be really hard to, to find a place in a church right now. Right, so, so to me, Christ is just love. And that's what I believe in. I believe in love and I believe that everyone deserves forgiveness and kindness and salvation and love. I'm just giving Danny major hard (laughs) eyes right now. And I don't think the way you live your life, as long as you aren't purposefully hurting people, I don't think the way you live your life has anything to do with the salvation that you're owed. Am I saying this correctly? Does that sort of make sense? Maybe I said it backwards by mistake. But it's like, if if you're not purposefully hurting people... Right, you're just you're living your life, whether you're doing good, or or you're passive. Like even if you're lukewarm, you're still deserving yeah. of Christ's love. Uh, I have always. Believed- I mean, you're still deserving Christ's love, even if you're evil. But <laughs> yeah, that's a I, whole another conversation that I don't really want to have right now. I have always believed and always been taught, and this was reinforced absolutely by my parents that just if you are a good person and you live a good life, mm-hmm. then you get into heaven. Basically, Uh, because we had, like I said, we've had a lot. My parents have had a lot of different kind of friends and we had Jewish friends, a lot of Jewish friends. And some Christians might say, well, they're Jewish. They're not going to heaven. That's most. The thing is, even when I wasn't going to an evangelical church, that is the version of Christianity. I was always even when I was going to the one that didn't judge the outside world for like entertainment and way of living and didn't talk about homosexuality and didn't like actively judge that that was still the root of the christianity i was raised in is that you have to believe you have to ask christ into your heart or you're not going to heaven i also don't believe that anymore that's just a way i've never felt we have we had a very very close family friend who i called bub because she was jewish and it was short for bubby Mm -hmm. 
And she was like a third grandmother to me. She was there when I was born. Mm-hmm. And she's just always was always a very close family friend. And we she and I had a very close relationship. And I know that she's looking down on me. Right. You know? You know, just like yeah. my other grandmothers who I was very, very close to, you know, I can I can feel her there sometimes. Yeah. For me, from what you're saying, and the reason I don't believe what I was raised to believe in that particular way about, like, how you get into heaven is because the numbers just aren't on Christianity's side. <laughs> because, because so many, if that was true, if you can only believe in Christ and ask him into your heart, and that's the only way into heaven, then the army of hell is, is humongous, right? Mm. Like, the army of heaven is much, much, much smaller, especially if you're even Christians who don't believe Catholics are going to heaven because Catholics don't ask Christ into their heart. They go through Mary. So certain, Pro- so a lot of Protestant Christians look at Catholicism as like basically this other thing that calls itself Christian. So they don't believe they're going to heaven. So it's like, and there's Jehovah's Witnesses, or who is it that believes that only like a specific number? I think that's Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, yeah. but like, why would you join a religion that's like, you know what? The odds actually are not in your favor. <laughs> like, who's well, joining? Well, I don't that? think they also believe in hell. So it's like, it's okay, not like, it's not like everyone else is going to hell if you're a Jehovah's Witness. Which, by the way, I tweeted this. I was like, wait a second. Justin from What Have You Been Doing Lately parties Thursdays through Wednesdays, but not for birthdays. And Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays. Mm. So maybe that's what happened to the salvation he claimed is he converted to Jehovah's Witness. And he's like, I'm Jehovah's Witness and I love Miller Lite. (laughs) So um, (laughs) getting back specifically to the song, Yes. I believe in light. I believe in night. I believe in day. I believe there's a light coming back around again. I, a lot of this song, while not specifically referencing Christ, except for let your kingdom come, which is, you know, is it, that's about, I, I would think that's about Christ coming back and his kingdom reigning and everything. Or it's just a nice figure of speech. I guess. Um, there's so much references to nature in this song and that's what we know Matt Thiessen really loves and that's what actually Reliant K and Matt Hoops really love like that's the cover maybe that's why I connect so much to Reliant K is because I just love being out in nature I always love sunrise Easter sunrise services Mm -hmm. because we would spend even before we lived in Florida we would spend Easter Sundays in Fort Lauderdale with my grandmother and they would have sunrise service on the beach and I just loved being out in nature like, we're, why can't we find a church that's, like, super open-minded and outside? And welcomes dogs, and so we, we don't have to oh, leave April at home. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I love it. Where is this church? So, there's so much reference to nature here. The rumbling of thunder, a rolling drum, um, the, the big line of the album... I believe the sky was made for me to touch. I believe the sky was made for me to touch, right? Like, that's the... The peace is sweeping over me. I believe in fear when I am when I feel courageous. I believe um, the sky is going on for ages. I skipped a line there, <laughs> but there's so much reference. Like this, this whole album and also this portion of Reliant K's career is all about nature and connecting yeah. with the beauty of the world. Because that's the one thing. If you believe in God on any level, no matter what religion you are, no matter what you believe God is, if you believe it's actually a thinking entity, or you believe it's just an, a, a, a a sense of something that exists in the world if you think it's something intangible if you think it's some form of like science basically that we haven't unlocked some like you know 
other realm that we can't comprehend if that's what God is to you. What we know exists is this world, is this planet. So that's like he's, so I think that's what Matt Tasten is saying here with all of this natural imagery. He's saying, this is earth. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. The only thing I know for absolute certain, because there are all these Christian rules with all these different Christianities and all these ways of thinking I was raised to believe and all these other things and all these experiences Matt Tyson has had that we know of or we don't know of. Like there's so much in his life we will never know. There's stuff he's shared through song and interview and so much more we will never know about him. He's like the one, th- to me, I think he's saying, the one thing I know for absolute certain because I believe in God, the only thing I know God has absolutely done is given us this planet right? Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to everything else about how are you supposed to live your life and what are you supposed to do and what's the what's right and what's wrong and what's sin and what's not and is there sin? None of that matters. The only thing I know for absolute certain is here is earth and God has made it or God is here giving us this planet. And maybe for him, as I know it is for me, there's something about being outside in just the absolute beauty of nature that you say someone created this right that you feel that connection to the higher power that created the beauty that you're standing in Mm -hmm. one line here that's amazing is i believe in fear when i feel courageous like that's a, that's a kind of a challenge. It's probably the most challenging line in the song. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? I mean, I ca- I kind of get what it means. It's but so profound. It is kind of profound. It's like when you feel courageous, you know that the fear exists. Does he mean? I guess it's like you feel courageous, but you know fear exists. It's not like you feel courageous and suddenly there's no such thing as fear. Maybe maybe that's what that means. Because it's like he's basically- like, listen, I'm usually a Hufflepuff, but right now I'm feeling like a Gryffindor. <laughs> But I, when I, Listen, if you're a Christian that like banned Harry Potter, <laughs> I don't have time for it's that. It's all made up mumbo jumbo. Yeah, like I don't there was have a recent school that banned it because it's like if you read oh. the, the 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 things in here that witches actual demons or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's all mumbly jumbly words. It's all just it's like Star Wars. And I would go. I mean, I'm sure somewhere there's a Christian church that thinks Star Wars is evil, but it's like still, it's like Star Wars. It's like the Force and everything. It's just made up. It's fiction. <laughs> it's like there is actual fiction out there that uses what are, you know, real world incantations and real world magic and all that stuff. Like, but Harry Potter is not one of them. It's all just made up words. Um, <laughs> but I believe in fear when I feel courageous. Maybe that's sort of like, you know, going through life, you know, going in and out of believing or not believing or not being sure what you believe if you are raised Christian or Mm -hmm. whatever religion you might be. It's like you have there's dark times and there's light times. So it's like they always say, like, you can't have good without evil and you can't have evil without good. and You can't have light without dark. Like those are those are Mm -hmm. consummate philosophical things to think. So it's like you can't have fear if you don't have courage can't have courage if you don't have fear right you can't have a dark time in your life you can't ha- you can't come back around again unless you missed something for a while um yeah it's a very beautiful song it is very like modern very modern worship sound to be honest i have never once and i think that this kind of feels extremist on the extremist scale for me so maybe this is why and I'm not trying to pass judgment. I'm I'm Uh-oh. not here to do that. But Uh-oh. Harry I've n- 
I've never been one of those people who ever felt the need to raise their hands while singing. Yeah. <laughs> and what is that? Testify or whatever. I've never worship. Fe- it's just worship. worship. I've never there's felt so many that types come of, through me. There's so many types of worship. And that was a brand new experience for me because when we worshiped in the churches I grew up in, you came together and you talked and you shared thoughts about how was your, how has your week been? And, and, oh, I've been having trouble. Oh, here's a scripture. Like, that's what worship was. It was, like, being together. But yeah. then I go to another church, and, like, people have their hands up. And that's also a, now a very ubiquitous, common conception of what Christians are. But that is not what all Christians are, right? So I was, yeah. I kind of, like, fell into that for a while, but I never actually felt it. I ne- It wasn't a way that I really connected yeah. to God. That was a thing that I always felt was kind of hokey. It felt... I guess because I had never felt it. It felt right. fake to me. I never felt the need to put my hands up. It just felt... As I, I sang. And and and, <laughs> and I just want to say, and I don't mean to speak for you, but if people out there, and I know people really do feel that that kind of worship connects them to God, we're not saying that that's wrong. We're just saying that that doesn't work for everyone. And it didn't work yeah. for me. I tried to make it work. It didn't. It's actually like I tried to make that kind of worship work for myself. Sorry. Hold on to your thought. I tried to make that kind of worship work for myself at the churches I was going to. It never really worked. It kind of worked at times. Like I never really got it. I never really got it. And eventually when I stopped doing it, I stopped doing it. But one time at a church, I'm sorry, one time at a church, the pastor was actually came up and started trying to teach me how to speak in tongues. And I was like, nope. And if you speak in tongues and it connects you to something, the thing is, like, honestly, like, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. I'm not yucking anybody's yum. Just like, I just, I just won't. If you really believe that that connects you to something, it's like anything else. Like, if you think yoga helps you, if you think running helps you, if you think cheeseburgers help you, if it's what helps you, it's what helps you. Hopefully, it's not something that's destroying your body. Like, hopefully, you're not using illegal drugs. There is a line to what I'm saying here. But if you think speaking in tongues connects you to something in your brain, to the Lord, to the thing that's outside you, then sure. But I had no interest in it. It wasn't going to connect for me. I didn't want to do it. And I felt super pressured and awkward. And that was like one. I haven't had a lot of negative experiences in the Christian church. I'm very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have had incredibly negative experiences at the hands of Christians, at the hands of the Christian church. I have not really had that, but that was one. Sorry, were you going to say something or did you forget? I was just going to say that this song is the first time I ever actually felt like raising my hands up while singing. Oh my God, that's wonderful. (laughs) Never once before. Always thought it was real hokey. This is weirdly the first time when I was like, I feel like just letting the spirit in or whatever, you know, just like praising, just being like, I feel your love raining down on me. Like, First time ever was with this song. Did you have your arms wide open? <laughs> Did you reach out for the sky because it was meant for you to touch? Exactly. Um, Maybe yeah. it's just because I'm getting older and like momish. I don't know. Maybe you just Beautiful. reach a certain point as a woman and you're just like, yeah, I love it all. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the song or... But about what's wrong with the church today. <laughs> hey, we can talk about what's wrong with the Christian church when we do down in flames as well. Oh, goodness. And Christians devouring each other. Well, no. not Well, yes and no. So I did my normal Reliant K God deep dive, but you can imagine 
the pages and everything that came up when you just put in Reliant K God. Yeah. Um, I had to be very thorough on YouTube because so much stuff came up and I really didn't find any covers. Yeah. But I went through everything and it was all just Reliant K. What was really funny, though, was that top of page three was Danny's Reddit post asking for covers. (laughs) Yeah, right. I posted on Reddit and I actually thought of that later. Like I posted on our social media asking for covers and I got two replies. But then I was like late in the game. I was like, oh, I should have posted on the Reddit and asked people because also I want to be more active in the Reddit. And I don't know if I'm nervous. Like, do the people on the Reliant K Reddit want to know about us or not? I have no idea. Are they going to want to know about us after this episode? (laughs) We'll find out. But the point is, I did go on the Reddit. We might be losing followers. <laughs> it's it's what it is. It's it, This is our truth. So, um, yeah, we, I did get one reply. Um, and it was uh, Rugged J-Man. Let me know. That's his Reddit <laughs> name. Uh, he said, my friend and I are covering the entirety of Air for Free. Unfortunately, we won't wow. be done by the time you put up this podcast. But we plan to release in December. And then who I assume is his friend, Zach Pledger, said, could you rearrange your podcast schedule so that you could (laughs) use this cover in December and do a different episode this week? And I was like, we already announced God on last week's episode and two other people have sent covers. So we're locked into that. But hearing about the Air for Free cover album is awesome news. And we'd love to talk about it on this next week's episode. We'll definitely Um, hold off any more like deep cuts from Air for Free until that comes out. Um. So then Rugged J Man replied and he said, My name is John. My friend's name is Cable. Our band is called JC Keith, and the Air for Free cover album is going to be called Air for Free Reimagined. We plan to release some singles in the coming months, but for here but for now, here's a little demo clip of Elephant Parade. And I said, That's awesome, and I'm gonna play it on the episode. So before we get to our two God covers, here is JC Keith's quick little demo of Elephant Parade. Cool. Take the gist of it and twist it till it makes you smile Don't be scared if there's a snare Sometimes it takes a while There's much to learn from every turn inside a labyrinth Don't you try to think about it No way to talk about it I will ever change and never cease to be amazed It bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been given That's fun. That Very instrumental jazzy. is legit. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the singing is a little jazzy, a little loungy. Yeah. It's great. I like Looking it. Looking forward to that cover album. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so we do have two covers from God um, for this song. But did you have anything else you want to say before we get to that? I did. So in my deep dive, I found that Michael Weaver over on Jesus Freak Hideout uh, had to say this about the song. God is one of the most impactful and powerful songs present, not so much in a worshipful sense, but with the way the music connects with the message. Piano carries the verse and pre-chorus, while overdriven guitars enter in the chorus to give it a little extra punch. The song is certainly one of the most striking and will likely be a fan favorite. I agree with that. (laughs) Concur. (laughs) 
Uh, then John Foreman of Switchfoot listed this as one of his favorite Reliant K songs. He did, there was an interview or something with him where before the uh, Searching for America tour, is that, that's what it was called, right? Right. Looking for America. Yeah. Whatever. We've, we've named it correctly in two past episodes. <laughs> yeah. We can have some slack this time. So he named God as one of his favorite songs along with, who'd have guessed it? Deathbed. <laughs> Uh, as well as Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, Be My Escape, Air for Free, Forget and Not Slow Down, and High of 75. Ooh. Which I accidentally typed as High of 76 <laughs> at first, <laughs> but I knew what I meant. <laughs> the High of 76 is when America was founded. 86, sorry. Oh. High of 86. That's more like, for me, I love the, the warm weather. Um Next 4th of July, I've got to post a thing about High of 76, and it's, like, going to show all the founding fathers and, like, a, <laughs> an original American flag. That's it's good, because like, that ties into, um, to plead the fifth. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, this same article with the John Foreman thing, I scroll, I was scrolling through it all the way down to the bottom, and so I did my research for this last night at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. when I couldn't sleep, and... On this page, towards the bottom, like right at the end of the article, there was this horrifying picture of Billy Elish. Billy Elish. I'm not sure how to say her name. Oh yeah, I've actually never heard that said aloud. I've only seen yeah. it on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> and but, on Spotify. So she, there was a picture of her, like with her eyes whited out, looking like the <laughs> like something from The Exorcist, and it's 3 a.m. Just like it scared the living daylights out of me. I did not agree for a creepy pasta. I did. I'm like, listen, I'm looking up I Reliant K stuff. <laughs> I'm looking up Christian, like whatever music. I don't need this scary like Exorcist picture looking at me. <laughs> I was like, thanks. There's no way I'm falling back to sleep now. Uh, another sort of interesting. I guess message board I found where a user asked how Reli- how is Reliant K Christian? Their songs seem no more overtly Christian than mainstream music. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I can kind of, in a way, understand if they're not really paying attention to to deep cuts and stuff. I wrote a letter to the Punk News podcast one time talking about MXPX, and this is actually before I became MXPX memes, so I didn't know the catalog like inside and out yet. Yeah, and I was like, no, MXPX was only at Christian on these albums. And by the time I was uh, slowly going away the Buffalo, they were totally chill and not like super Christian <laughs> anymore. And I'm like, oh no, there's like really Christian songs on the album after slowly going away the Buffalo, ever passing moment. It's like, I never really paid attention to these songs until I started making memes about the band. <laughs> so I was like, that letter was totally wrong. And they read it on the podcast and I became MXPX memes. And I don't want anyone <laughs> to ever learn that that was my letter. Well, now they know. Yeah. Um, I also, oh my gosh, so I found an article that we're already running pretty late, so I'm not going to dive into it today, but know that it's coming when we discuss mood rings, and once we get to those Patreon episodes Uh that, that we have planned, and we cover the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. Right, our Reliant K Book Club. Yes. Episodes on the Patreon. This article is titled... Reliant K using CCM to sell sexism. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is fun. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, 
And All right, straw man <laughs> argument. So even though this isn't on today's subject matter, but I did do, I did come across this into the deep dive and I found some pretty great unrelated gems. Uh, this one is one of them. This article is titled Reliant K Punk Out. They scream and jump. They are tattooed and pierced, and they rebel against society's expectations. They are punks, but not because they party, drink, and collect groupies. Reliant K are punks because they attend church, read C.S. Lewis, and sing about God. This Canton, Ohio band continues to buck the punk stereotype with its third album. But Christian punk is a super stereotype. <laughs> Two lefts make, don't make a right, but three do. Like Christian bands, Super Chick and the Elms, Reliant K. Oh, I love the Elms. Reliant K. That's another Christian band I know. Uh, I didn't realize they were Christian, really. Uh, Reliant K delivers energetic punk beats with positive lyrics. Divide some 41 by Blink-182 and oh. add Eve 6, and you'll what? get the sound of Reliant K. No, you won't. That's a horrible recipe. That's like when you go to one of those recipe websites. They're like, here's how you make chocolate chip cookies or whatever, and it's this horrible mess because they didn't type it out correctly. It's a horrible recipe. That's like... <laughs> I want to make a... Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to have to make a meme when this episode comes out where it's going to be the opening images of the Powerpuff Girls instead of Sugar Spice <laughs> Everything Nights. It's going to be Sum 41, Eve 6, and Blink-182. And then it's going to be this horrible mash. Like, what was I don't remember. Bunny. Bunny the Powerpuff Girl, which is the Powerpuff Girl that the Powerpuff Girls try to make themselves so that it'll work for them and they can relax, but it's like unstable. Sadie Hawkins pod where you get all of your Powerpuff Girls deep cuts. <laughs> It's not a deep cut. That's a very popular episode. To get an idea of their lyrics, subtract all profanity and references to drugs, sex, or alcohol from previously mentioned bands and double. Now are... you you have not uh, you have not listened to what have you been doing? What lately? have you been doing lately? Or collapsible lung? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. And double the satiric wit and references to God and spiritual struggles. Previous albums, The Anatomy of Tongue in Cheek and Reliant K dropped names like Maybelline, Thundercats, Mr. Ed, and Marty McFly. And this album, they forgot Charles in Charge and Nancy Drew. <laughs> this album continues their style of combining spiritual wisdom with pop culture. Two lefts maintains Reliant K's sound and their means of communicating to woes and wows of college-age Christians. This is one of the first reviews you've ever read where they complimented Reliant K for sticking to their sound. And it's always like, Reliant K has drastically changed their sound. <laughs> well, I guess because this came out at the time of two lefts, so yeah. they still sounded like Reliant K, I guess. Uh, lead singer Matt Teeson sings on key even about his too often failure in the sight of God, in paying bills on time, in pleasing parents, and in letting go of a girlfriend. As demonstrated by the band's name, which comes from a from band member Matthew Hoops' Old Plymouth Reliant K, the band has a habit of labeling large issues with a simple, sarcastic title. Relationships become chapstick chaplips and things like chemistry. Dramatic girls are mood rings, and a pink tux represents the 1980s. With their songs showing up on MTV... Are they just filling a word count right now? <laughs> 
Maybe. With their song showing up on MTV, a Nintendo game, and in last year's VeggieTales movie, Reliant K appears to be pressing on to mainstream stardom, much like Christian Rock Band. Pun intended. <laughs> much like Christian Rock Band and repeat Warp Tour Band MXPX. Oh, Danny. Oh, who's that? Uh, <laughs> oh, and then that's where it ends, and then it's a run-on sentence of... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay mxpx period and then no space album review title two lefts don't make a right but three do label goatee record staff rating a hello oh, there are you and two it just got cut off in the middle that's Aww. it just it stops at mxpx there's a period oh just like mxpx the period. end the end but, but then it's just a run-on sentence there. of of extra words yeah they were filling a word count <laughs> my theory is proven there's no author attributed here that i can find it's from a not secure website according to my internet browser called <laughs> oudaily.com ou daily ow daily ow daily <laughs> well that is fascinating <laughs> i like how you kind of trailed off at the end there just like how <laughs> just like the, how article. the article did so we are running long, but we have to get to these covers because we have two and they were sent. They are Sadie Hawkins pot exclusives. Mm. So first we have um, Sylph Band. The band is called Sylph, spelled S-Y-L-P-H. Uh, Sentimental highs and lows is what their Twitter bio says. I am not following them. I should follow them. Okay, there we go. Um and they're the ones that sent us two versions, but the first version didn't play, and I didn't check until way too late oh, in the no. game. So by the time I emailed them, I didn't get an email back. So maybe we'll play the play it later. Um, yeah, definitely. And what we'll do is we'll play we'll play a little bit of this, and then we'll actually upload both of these songs into the podcast stream, so everyone can hear the full versions because they're not out there anywhere else. Uh, I best I have to get self permission on this <laughs> but i do have the other person's permission on this um so adam goff is the main person and on twitter he's adam d goff g-o-f-f goff goff uh and he was the main person i've been talking to he sent us their cover and it's got a lot of instruments and it goes like this i believe in night i believe in day and I believe there's a light coming back around again. I believe you're right, cause I believe there's a way. I believe I might have some catching up to do. Oh, oh, oh the voices are growing strong. Whoa, the rumbling of thunder or on the drum. So that's 
Sylph Band. That's Sylph. I think the band's just called Sylph, but their Twitter handle is Sylph Band. Nice. Adam Gosford. I realized that maybe the times they had a little, the time signature, the time change there got a little tricky. I don't know time signatures that well, especially in worship music. If it's not 4th 4 or 4 3 or whatever, I definitely don't know what it is. I like that it felt a little folky. It did feel a lot more folky. It yeah. felt like a little bit campfirey. Yeah. It felt a little. Um, I love a good campfire jam. It's a more. It's like an even more kind of rustic version. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when they there was like a, there's a sort of a and it's a little time slower shift. at the beginning, and I like yeah. that. So I really like that. Thank you so much, Adam, for Thank that you. version. And like I said, I'll post this uh, separately for people to hear the full thing if I get that permission. <laughs> um, and then we have. Christian Lewis, who I'm not sure if he contacted me on Twitter. So, okay. So, sorry, Christian. I have lost your... If you contacted me on the socials, I wanted to plug their social, his socials. But he did email us, and he's Christian Lewis, and he sent us this, and he actually sent it as a video. And we'll plug like, you next week. Hit us up with yes. your socials. But we'll also plug it when I upload the video separately in the feed. Yeah. Um, I might just do the audio for the feed. But he sent it as a video. And here it is. Christian Lewis's version as Jessica struggles with her headphones. That was really beautiful. That was. It was that was really pretty yeah. and slowed down and just that piano. That was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was great. Yeah, that's really wonderful. So like I said, I'll put these up somewhere for people to hear the full versions because yeah, these are not definitely. available online anywhere right now. Yeah, that was very soulful. That yeah. like that like slowed down piano yeah. version. I really like that. So uh, that's about it for God. Did you have anything? <laughs> Not God himself, but that's about <laughs> it for the song God. The cover, I don't know, Jessica, we got the cover of Time Magazine. It says God is dead. Oh, no, what a horrible time for this to happen. No. There's I'm one kidding. more thing. Yes. Andrew. No, I didn't forget about oh, that. okay. But that's it for the song God. Fe- fellow, uh, fellow Weird Al head. What do you yes. call a Weird Al head? A poodle hat? I don't know. <laughs> A poodle hat. Let's see if there's, there's got to be a thing. Weird Al fans 
are called. I'm, I'm a slow typer. I'm actually a fast typer. Uh, frequently asked questions. He gave himself the air name Weird Al because of his perchance for playing music that was, well, kind of weird. <laughs> fans of Weird Al, what do we call ourselves? Reddit post. Truck fans or Trekkies, etc. What are we called? Aliens? Wait, what What are what are Star Trek fans called? Well, this person said Trekkies. Trekkies or Trekkers. There's a debate about Star Trek fans, whether they're called Trekkies or Trekkers. Oh. And I believe, at least when I was young, Trekkies were classic Star Trek fans and Trekkers were... What? Why are you making that face? What am I missing? <laughs> what the f***? What's happening? I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you didn't want an actual answer. You're just screwing with me? What a way to end this episode. There's only one way I can cheer up now, listening to a hilarious song by Andrew. You didn't answer what Weird Al heads are called. Well, according to this Reddit post from eight months ago, it doesn't look like there's a consensus. Some people are suggesting ideas. Uh, Close personal friends of Al. I think that's like the name of a fan club or something. Mm. So maybe this one person thinks that that's what they should be called. Alcoholics. Oh, I don't know if I like that. That's mocking people's misfortune and their pain. Um, I don't know. I have developed a taste for Miller Lite. We're going to be referencing that song for a long time. Forever. Um, yeah. We're so, just going to lose listeners based on that alone. They're like, guys, you've already driven it into the ground. I had a Miller Lite for the first time this week because of that song. <laughs> I Maybe I've had a Miller Lite before and I didn't think of it, but I never <laughs> paid attention. I'm like, hey, they got Miller Lite at this restaurant we're at tonight. We got to get this. And I did. And it was like, oh, this is like beer. I had a pumpkin beer tonight. Howling Gourds from Trader Joe's. Ooh, how was that? It was very spicy, just like you. (laughs) Poor Andrew is just waiting for us to play the cover. (laughs) So here's Andrew's cover. So um, I think we'll actually go out on this because, I don't know, (laughs) maybe we'll have comments. Let's see how we feel. Let's go. Let's hear a little of this. Oh, thank God. Thank God it's only a minute and 17 seconds. <laughs> she spit her drink back in her glass. <laughs> You're already making a sorrow laughing. <laughs> <laughs> my comment rolling out I don't floor. think Andrew's cover is going to be as funny as what just happened this week the trend is to rip off brand new from beginning to end and mimic Jesse's cadence again and again and deflect all comparisons this week the trend is to find another band cause I can't spend all my free time generating pop punk hits so I need a little help with my songs this weekend so I say I found the solution and I'm gonna run with it what if they they never knew it but what they do with it cause I was absolutely sure I had it all figured out in 2000 
And now it's this minute, this hour, this day, this month, this year, this decade, this life, this existence. What is this? Who are we? What am I? Who am I? What are we? I'm sorry. I'm lost. I'm crying. I'm dying. We're dying. I'm... <laughs> that was amazing. It was a bit spicy, a bit more critical of Relying K than we've been up to this point. <laughs> Scathing commentary <laughs> on Relying K and possibly... Andrew did say weeks and weeks ago that we are being entirely too kind. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, like, I like this weekend, this month, or whatever he That was my favorite part. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> He was, he was, he was, he played that down. He was like, oh, this is going to be so awful. You guys are going to hate it. I loved it. It was really good. It was awesome. Again, far more spicy than we're used to being about Relying <laughs> K at this point in our podcast. But thank you so much, Andrew. Well, Danny, we've only done one song off Collapsible Lung. <laughs> That's true. Please, Andrew, start sending us your Collapsible Lung parodies. <gasps> yes. And uh, I guess that's about it for now. So, oh, get on our social media. Let us know if you believe in God. Get on it. I should maybe I should put a post, a Twitter poll, and be like, <laughs> "Do you believe in God? Yes or no? Yes, no, or it's complicated." <laughs> uh, and that would be on our Twitter, which is Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's the same for our Instagram. You can email us if you have any covers of your own for songs we haven't done yet or songs we have done. Go ahead and send them in. Uh, yeah. That's sadiehawkinspod at gmail dot com. We can take attachments. Because this is 2019, and that's what Gmail does. And uh, <laughs> and uh, if you already have it on forget... YouTube, link us the YouTube. Yes, and uh, don't forget that we have a voicemail, which is four zero two nine five Sadie. And if you want to play us a song or just sing us a vocal cover over the phone, go ahead and do that, and we'll play it <laughs> again and again and again, just like you know. Other songs. This is how every episode is going to end where I just don't know what to say. (laughs) So let's go get some paper towels because there's water everywhere now. We just wasted 93 minutes of your life. Yeah!